Brothers, it's a pleasure to be here once again this morning to be able to just share the word of God with you guys. And so let's go to the word uh, to the Lord in prayer and just pray. And today we're going to be studying in First Peter chapter three, verse eight to thirteen. We're going to be studying today on a topic of honoring God. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for being so good to us, Lord. And Father, we want to commit this time to you. I pray that you uh, might just speak to us through your word. Father, let your Holy Spirit just um, uh, continue to reveal to us your word. Father, bring understanding into our minds, into our hearts through your word. Father, let it, your word transform our lives in such a way that we want to just continue to honor you and love you and draw closer to you, Father. I just pray that you might just help us, Father, through the understanding of your word. We rely always on your Holy Spirit to guide us and to teach us and to, Father, show us your will. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name, and we thank you. Amen. So turn your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to be studying today on the topic, Honoring God. I want to talk about three, um, just three points real quick. I uh, want to honor God with our conduct we want to honor God with our conversation, and we want to honor God with our conscience. Three things, honoring God with our conduct, honoring God with our conversations, and honoring God with our conscience. So verse 8 and 9, verse 8 and 9 verse uh, on chapter 3, it'll give us a more of understanding of, you know, how do we honor God with our conduct? Verse 8, it says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So here Peter is talking to the church or he's talking to us um, how we can honor God, honoring God through our conduct. It clearly it says here for us to have this kind of conduct in our lives that uh, we can conduce ourselves this way and being compassionate, being loving to our brothers and being loving to the people around us. It says it's being tender hearted and also being courteous towards people. And it says here, do not pay evil for evil, to not return evil for evil with people. You know, no, don't revile against people that, are, that have done you wrong. Uh, it is very clear throughout the scriptures, even Jesus Christ in chapter 5 in Matthew, he was talking about to love our enemies and to good, do good to them. He says even to pray for our enemies. And here Peter is pretty much reiterating what what. Christ is saying about, you know, being kind to people, being courteous to people, to not pay people the way that maybe they have done to you. And as human beings, we always, um, not always, but I'm going to say we have this human instinct to always defend ourselves or try to, you know, pay back to people things that they've done to us because we feel the hurt and the pain of what they've done to us. And it isn't a human instinct to just retaliate and, and to just, you know, Laugh the handle and just do something bad to that people, those that have done bad to us, evil to them that they have done evil to us because we think, well, you know, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, and you know, we want we can't let people just take advantage of us. We can't let people treat us this way. We can't let people talk to us this way. I need to defend myself. I need to just go ahead and just and do what I think is right. And we get this mentality of thinking that we need to do these things when the Bible clearly is telling us to do the opposite. It's telling us, do not do this. 
Look at what it says in, in the book of Ephesians, even Paul, I mean, the book of Romans, I'm sorry. Uh, Paul was also teaching this to the church. Something of how our Christian character should, should be or how it should be lived out, how people should see us as Christians. In chapter 12 in the, in the book of Romans, it talks about, uh, in verse 16 and on, it says, be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. It says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully, peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It says here, literally, when someone does something evil to you, Repaying back with something good. Let God take care of whatever they've done to you. Do not fly off the handle and do not try to retaliate and do something evil in return. Let God handle that for you. What you and I should be doing is to, even though they've done something wrong to us, to do something good for them. I know it's hard, and I'm not saying that this is easy. I'm not saying that living for Christ is easy. It's not. It, it, I wish things were easier, but obviously it's not going to be that easy serving the Lord because we're going to be faced with many challenges in our lives. God is going to permit certain things to happen in our life to see how we're going to react towards these things. And now we don't have to give an account to God for the actions that people take a get uh, towards us we just have to give account to God of how we react towards the things that God people do to us how are we going to react God wants our reaction to be a godly reaction something that's going to honor him in the way that we conduct ourselves so our conduct is one of the ways that we can honor God by not letting our emotions our mind our own thinking, take control of our lives, but letting God's word take control of that and honoring him in our conduct. Now, obeying God sometimes is not easy. It's hard. There's a story that I, that I read about. Uh, there's this lady that had that she raised two of her, uh, her, her two kids. Uh, it was a little girl and a little boy. Raised him in this church. They grew up when they became, uh, you know, youth, uh, you know, older teenagers, uh, uh, they decided to go in the mission field. In the church where they were going, they had a mission program that would go to different countries as missionaries. So the daughter decided to go to China, and the son decided to go to Sudan as a missionary. So they grew up, and they went as missionaries down down uh, different countries. And and the mom, you know, she would miss them, and she would talk to the pastor, and she would cry, and and you know, they would talk about their kids, how they were over in missionary, um, yeah, in their they're calling to the Lord, and, and, but she was grateful that they were following the Lord's leading. They were obeying God in, in what God has called them to do. And then a few years went by, and so the pastor got some news from the missionary uh, group that 
there was a missionary that got killed. They murdered a missionary in Sudan. Uh, this man that was preaching the gospel got murdered, and it so happened it was the, the son of the member of, of his church. So he went, the pastor went to the lady's house and to talk to the lady, and he was sad and talked to her and let her know what the situation was, how, you know, they murdered his son as he was on a missionary uh, trip and he was preaching the gospel. He got murdered, and then, so the, the, the story said that she sat down, she was crying. After a while, after she finished crying, she composed herself and she said, well, I would much rather him have died over there suffering, but being with Christ and following his will and obeying the Lord than him being here with me and disobeying God's will in his life. Sometimes it's hard. God might not send us to a different country to, you know, as missionaries or, or to suffer for him, but he does want all of us to live for him while wherever at that we're living. So this is a, a, a practical way of honoring God. And even though we might be suffering, per se, because of things that we go through, but honoring God with our conduct, with the way we live and how we, how we live our lives towards other people is a great way of honoring God. So honor God with our conduct. Second point. Verse 10, it says, For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Now, it's talking about here now, honoring God with our conversation. Peter is saying, he who wants to love life and wants to see good days, refrain your tongue, refrain your mouth from speaking evil and your lips from speaking deceit, from lying. I want to live good days. I want to live a good life. I want to experience great things, great days. And here is telling me the way I can do this is by refraining my tongue from speaking evil. It's by using my mouth or, or not speaking things that are deceitful. Honoring God with our conversations is also a very important way for us to live according to God's scripture. Because, again, when we go through situations in our life that are sometimes uncomfortable or not that we don't expect, our instinct is usually to just blurt out whatever words and comments or just say things that are, that are maybe ungodly or things that are were, were, uh, uh, evil things that come out of our lives, when, uh, are out of our mouths when we are facing uh, difficult times and we might be talking bad about people, we might be talking bad about situations, we might be just using our tongue for things that are not godly and we are not honoring God in our conversation. And here is saying, if you want to live for God and live great days, think about what you're saying. Refrain your tongue. God will not ask us to do something if he knows that he has not given us the power to do it. You can do that. I can do that. I can refrain my tongue from speaking evil. I can refrain my tongue from speaking things that I shouldn't speak. I can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of his word, and you can do it as well. God would not ask us to do something if he knows that we couldn't do it. Now, it's saying here, you want to live a better life? 
How many times have we said things to people or said things about certain things or just used our mouths in an evil way and then we regretted it? Then we say, man, I should have never said that. Why did I say that? Sometimes we create problems to ourselves and to others just by saying things that we shouldn't say, by not refraining our tongue. And the Bible is very clear in the book of Proverbs. You can go over there and you can can, uh, read this on your own. In Proverbs chapter 10, you will find there many verses that talk about the tongue, talk about being a blessing with your mouth and being a curse with the way you speak. And there's many verses there. I can go to Proverbs 10. You can read verse 11, 19, 21, and 32. Read those on your time and you'll see how specifically it talks about the way we speak, how we can be a blessing to many or we can be literally a curse for many how we can literally build up a lot of people through the way we speak and people want to hear what we say because they're hearing encouraging words or they can, we can pretty much just bring people down. The Bible does say in also Proverbs chapter 21, it says the, the life and death is in the power of our tongue. I can bring life to you by the way I speak to you or I can bring death to you. This is the same way in our conversation. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read some verses here where Paul was also teaching the church of Ephesus and as well us about, especially about our conversation and how we should be speaking as Christians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, 32. I'm going to read this for you real quick. It says here, Paul writing, Therefore, putting away lying... Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word Proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not give, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, for whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. It is very, very well, I mean, explained here. I mean, there's really not much to even, you know, give revelation because very simple to understand is saying, do not use your mouth. Do not use my mouth for evil. Do not do that. Do not use my mouth to even hurt my brother or my sister. Be tender-hearted. Be forgiving. To put away all the wrath that comes out of my mouth or evil speaking. To put that away. Not even using that. So Peter is teaching also what we just read. And verse 10 is saying, if you want to live a good life and you want to see great days, refrain your tongue from speaking evil and do not be deceitful. In other words, Speak truth to one another. We honor God by our conduct. We honor God with our conversation. And third point and last point is we're going to honor God with our conscience. Verse 11. 
in 1 Peter chapter 3. It says, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him speak peace and let him seek peace and pursue it. Now, it's saying here, I have to consciously, in my conscience, be conscious of what I'm doing and how I'm live, living. It says here, literally it's saying, for us to turn away from evil and do what's good. For me to seek peace and to pursue it, to follow it. Now, I have to consciously in my mind honor God and saying, God, I want to do what's right. I don't want to do what's evil anymore. I want to do what's right. I want to honor God in the way I think. The conscience is connected with my thinking, with my thinking process, with my mind. And how am I going to live my life for Christ each day? I need to wake up every morning thinking, God, I want to do what's good. I want to do what's right. I want to live for you. I want to honor you. In my conscience, I want to literally think good thoughts and not think about evil things because Put it in this in context of what we're, we're studying in here. Peter is asking the church to do this while they're going through difficult times. When we're going through difficult times, it's, it's even harder for us to think or honor God on our conscience because we want to do evil literally to those that have done evil to us. But God is saying through the words, through Peter is saying, no. Think about doing what's right. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the, that the wise man sees what's wrong or the evilness and he walks away and he turns away from that. So we want to be followers of Christ in a sense of when we see something that's bad, when we, we know something that's wrong, we know something's evil, and the enemy is trying to convince us to do what's evil for us to walk away from it and say, no, I'm not going to do this. Because your conscience, my conscience, is one of the greatest things I think that God has given us to where we can be at peace when you know that you've done what was right. Now, people might say, well, let's just say you're going through a difficult situation and something wrong happens to you and people mistreat you and do things. And, and you follow exactly what God says. You love the person. You bless the person. You have mercy for the person. You're compassionate. You don't get upset. You don't pay evil for evil. And you do what's right in a godly way. And, and, and you honor God and people are saying to you, hey, you know what? Why would you do that? Why don't you just defend yourself? I won't let him do that to me. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to forgive him? I wouldn't forgive that person. See, but if you do what's right in your conscience, you're going to have peace. You're going to have power in your life. There's going to be joy in your life because you knew that you did what was right. Because if you do what's wrong, when, I, when I, it happened to me when I, many times, when I've done what's wrong, knowing to do what was right, when I've done wrong, my conscience always it's accusing me. I feel guilty because I knew that I should have done what was right. I knew I should, obey, I should have obeyed God. So obeying God is something that is better for us, even though people might not understand it. It doesn't matter if they don't understanding, understand it. Don't try to make people or let people understand. As long as you know you're doing it for God, because, again, we're not trying to honor anybody in this earth. We're trying to honor God with our lives. Honor the Lord with your conversation. Honor the Lord with your conscience. Honor the Lord with your conduct. This is what the scripture is telling us. And 
we give money to the, to the church. We help people. We sing songs to God. All that is great. It's all that is really good when you when we do all those works for the Lord. You know, we do that. But if we do all those things, but we don't do these practical things in honoring God, all those other things really are meaningless in the eyes of God. God would much rather us obey him in his word and follow his instruction and for us to have a you know, to live a, a, a good life for him, honor him with our conduct, with our conversation and with our conscience to do all those other things, you know. So there's something about serving God that sometimes uh, we don't understand because he is asking us to do things that sometimes our flesh does not want to do. But see, but when we use God's power and we use his word and we understand that it's for our good, it's not for our bad, it's for our good because God knows what's good for us and he wants to bless us. Now, when we do this, there will be a reward. God has given us everything we need, according to the, the scripture in Second Peter chapter one. You can read it in your, in your home. It says it, God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life for him, to live for him. Everything he's, he, we need, he has given us his power through the Holy Spirit. He's given us his word. He's given us his presence. He's given us his direction. Everything we need, we have. Now, the only thing we need is a desire to honor God. Now, there is a reward by doing that. Verse 13, verse 12 and 13 tells us the reward that we will receive by obeying God in these areas, by honoring God in these areas. It says, verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Now, saying here. In the literal way, God's eyes is looking upon, down upon those that are doing good. It doesn't matter what society is saying that you defend yourself and, you know, pay back those people that, that done you wrong. The word of God is saying, don't do that. It's saying, follow my instruction. When we do that, the Bible says that God is looking down on the just of those that are doing good. And not only that, he says his ears are attentive to their prayer because he knows that they need a blessing from him. So he's going to be listening to our prayer. In other words, what that is signifies that he is helping us. He is taking care of us. He is seeing what we're doing and he is going to bless us accordingly because we are obeying the Lord. We are honoring him with our life. Now, this is a reward. God will not ask us to do something. First off, if we can't do it, or if he's not going to give us the resources to do it, he knows we can do it. He's giving the resources. He's asking us to do it as well because he wants to bless us. There is a spiritual blessing in our lives by obeying the Lord and honoring him. So my desire for us as a church, for myself and for yourself, for us as a church, is to honor God in these three practical ways and receive God's blessing in our life. Now, we need to be a light in this dark world. This is the way we can be a light in this dark world, by living for Christ. And when people see us, they will see Christ in us by the way we're living. I'll finish with this story about this, this man uh, told a story about 
when he was five years old, he came from Mexico with his father here to the States. And his younger brother stayed back in Mexico with his mom, with their mom. And um, so they lost contact throughout the years. He grew up. He didn't know, you know anything about his brother, younger brother anymore. Uh, 30 years went by. And um, so finally he got news that someone had seen his brother, knew about his brother that had moved to the States and was living in a certain state and a certain city. So the, the man tells his son, son, let's go find your uncle. They told me where he lives in the city. Let's go see if we can find him. So they drove over to that city, to that state in the city. As they were in, driving into the city, they parked in this neighborhood and in, you know, the, in, in the city, downtown. And as they were parked there, they, the man saw a man walking and he tells his son, that's your uncle. Dad, how do you know it's my uncle? You haven't seen him in many years. You never, do not even have a picture of him. How do you know he's, your, he's my uncle? I know he's your uncle because he walks just like our father. The Bible tells us about to walk in the spirit, not to walk in the flesh. When the people see us walking in the spirit, they're going to see he's walking just like Christ. They're going to identify us by living for Christ and obeying Christ by the way that we live. Can people say that about us? Not but of what we say, but of what we do. When they see our walk, our daily walk, can they see Christ in us? Can they see and say, he's living for Christ because I can see Christ in him. The way he lives, the way he walks, the way he talks, the way he conducts himself. Let it be our desire to honor God that way in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for being so good. Lord, we are not perfect, and you know that we are beyond perfection. Lord, there are still things in our life that you are changing and transforming in our lives from glory to glory. You are continuing to transform our lives and our minds. Father, but nevertheless, you are instructing us in your word for us to just obey your word and just follow you. And even though we may not understand it, for us to just trust in you and to know that you have a better way for us, for us to just follow you and, and trust you, and Lord, and, and even though it is against of whatever the world is asking us to do, it is literally just the opposite of what the world wants us to do. But living for you, Father, we know even though it's not easy, we know there is a great reward. Father, I pray that you give us the strength that we need, the knowledge and the uh, understanding through your word. And Father, and for us to follow you each day of our lives. I pray for my brothers and sisters, Father, that you bless our lives. Father, and let them know that, Father, that you are with them. Strengthen them each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. See you guys soon. Miss you guys.